Talk podcast where we talk all things movies and entertainment related. I'm your host, Cena Dixon, and welcome to this takeover episode. Today, we're going to be celebrating the Halloween season by sharing with you guys our top five spooky movies that we enjoy watching around this time. Joining me is my host, Marlon West. Marlon is the head of effects animation at Walt Disney Studios. Walt Animation Studios, excuse me. And yes, he is a fan of the spooky. So before we jump into the spooky part of this, um, you know, I would like for him to, you know, take the floor and tell us a little bit about himself. Well, thanks again for having me. I'm really thrilled to talk about these movies in particular and just talk about scary movies because I am a big fan of the spooky, always have been. And, uh, you know, um, so, yeah, I work at Walt Disney Animation Studios. I'm currently head of effects on the unannounced 2021 film. Uh, most recently, I worked on both Frozen's and uh, Moana, and so I've been there for a minute. Started off doing hand-drawn animation on Lion King, worked on most hand-drawn films, and kind of made that transition around to, to, around the uh, Chicken Little days, and then back for for Tiana, Princess and the Frog, and Winnie the Pooh, and then back doing the CG work ever since. But always, always loved scary movies growing up. Uh, big fan of the Universal horror films as a kid, and just yeah, never stopped. Never outgrew it. Awesome stuff. So I have to ask you this question because I wasn't going to ask you, but now it's just like, you know, we're cool. So I can ask yeah. you. <laughs> so do you have a favorite Disney movie? That I've worked on or period? Just period. I got to say one of the first movies, the first movie I ever saw in the theater was Jungle Book. And that just opened, that just blew my mind. And it made me have appreciation for movies. I think I saw that movie in the theater like three times. I loved songs. And uh, so, yeah, that would be, just because it was so pivotal for me, I'd, I'd have to say John. Okay, awesome. Yeah. That's one of my favorites as well. Um, I know the listeners, they can't see this. And I don't know if you can see this, but, you know, I have a little Disney collection yeah. that I've been collecting. Collection back there. Yeah, you get some substantial uh, collection back there. Yes. That's really cool. I'm a fan of horror, Disney, and video <laughs> games. So, you know, you have to, like, mix it all in. You know, that's where I, you know, we really kind of, we've been following each other for a minute. And, you know, when you did when you did your favorite scary Disney films, I was like, that, that's where we really kind of connected. So right? That, that was a nice I was movie. so happy. Yes, I was. Um, oh, and then you guys can follow uh, Marlon on social media. So his handle for Twitter is Marlon W. And mm. on Instagram is STL Marlon West. So you guys do that right now. So we're going to dive into our spooky list. And Marlon, you are the guest. So you you can share with us first, what's a movie that you really love watching like around this season? Well, the first movie, I got a list. And the first movie I want to, to talk about is The Birds. Hitchcock's film, The Birds. I rewatched it a few years ago, first time in a long time. And that was, so I'm, I'm kind of old, so... I'm like from a generation where, you know, where you watch these movies once a year and they came on TV, you know, before v, VCRs and Laserdisc Blu-rays and streaming. It was just like when a movie came out, it was being shown on television, that one time a year you you just had your booty in a seat. And Birds was one of them. And I and I always dug it growing up. But I rewatched it recently with my kid, who's now 16. This was a couple of years ago, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to educate educate this rascal on how to be a good film lover and a horror movie yes. lover. I thought, you know, the birds was really important. But not only does it hold up as being scary as spooky, I honestly think it's like the blueprint of the modern horror film. It's the blueprint for what we call on to be like the zombie movie too, because you got a situation where something that's benign, in this case, birds, in the case of zombie movies, dead people, suddenly is out to get you, out to kill you. No reason explained yes. why. you got your main characters all being besieged for the whole last half of the film in a, in, in a cabin 
just like most zombie films, by the Living Dead. And and then at the end, stays that way. You, your main characters are just like, they scramble out of that house to an unknown future. Yes. But it's not like birds are just like, you know what, we good now, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, or you kicked our asses, you know, we, you know, we're going to go back to being nice again. So it just kind of blew my mind how like that still holds up, but is kind of like the prototype of, 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 of the zombie film and a, and a lot of horror films today. You are so right. I was thinking about that because I was kind of like late to watching this one. I think I probably watched it when I was like a teenager and I started like, you know, like wanting to explore more of like movies from like the 60s because I don't know about you. I go through these things where it's just like, oh man, I'm all about 60s horror, but then it's about the 70s and the 80s. <laughs> so um, with this one though, something that really stuck out, kind of like what you said, they they kind of use or zombie movies of today, they use that this formula. But I kind of mm -hmm. saw it backwards because I watched some of the zombie movies like in the early like 2000s and 90s and 80s. So uh -huh. I just thought it was really cool that the fact that this is like a zombie formula where they are trapped in a house. You know, they oh, can't yeah. go anywhere. So that, that was really interesting. And then another thing, I love the fact that this movie does not have a soundtrack. It's just quiet. Yeah. That is very true. Right? It just conducts itself. I had forgotten about that. Thanks for reminding me about that. Of course, but it, it, it works. It's just like, I feel like this is one of Hitchcock's like well-known movies. Like, of course, along with like Psycho, but mm -hmm. um, usually when, when I mention Alfred Hitchcock, people are like, oh, the birds, you know, which is great because it's, it still works. But seriously, very innovative horror movie. Well, movie in general, I feel. So that's a really yeah. good one that you picked. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you agree. Maybe want to watch it again. Me this too. was like just getting ready to talk about this. I was like, hmm, I need to go back on some of these movies. <laughs> of course, yeah. And it's like honestly, I do feel like it fits the Halloween season. So it does. Perfect. Okay. It's, it's always a good season for scary movies for me though. But yes, True. I feel you. True. I feel you loud and cool. <laughs> so um, okay, so I'll share with you mine, one of the ones that I enjoy watching. This one is a like a new one for me. So there's this movie called Haunt and it came out like last Halloween and it really mm -hmm. surprised me because I went in completely blind. So uh, around that time I was working social media, you know, working in social media at a company where um, it, was, it was an awesome company because they allowed me to like just completely go into the zone, but I could have like movies playing in the background and no one minds. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, what a great place. So I, um, <laughs> I put this movie on and plus it was just like, you know, I was in my own office in my own space. And so, you know, I remember watching it, checking it out. This was probably like um, a couple of months like afterwards. And what a surprise. This movie like really surprised me. So it's basically about these friends on Halloween day. They decide to go to this haunted house, an extreme haunted house. All right. Right. So I, you know, of course, I love like haunted houses, but truth be told, I'm not a fan of those extreme haunted houses where they can touch you. They can throw you in yeah. baskets. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, I watch too many horror movies. <laughs> so um, basically, it turns out that they're actually killing people. So it's like, don't get me wrong, this is probably a story that we've heard before, that we've seen before, but the execution, like the way they like really delivered, like there are scares, it's full of suspense, it's creepy, and honestly, it's brutal. And plus, it takes place on Halloween. What's not to like? What's not to like? Right? What's not to like? I have not, when you sent me your list, I have not heard of that film so i had to go back and check it out in preparation to, to, to chat with you and i gotta say it does it does deliver the goods it's not it's not super typical and the performances are strong in it both the good guys and the bad guys i'm not gonna yes. try to give anything away but yeah i thought the movie was solid and you know because i'm not a big fan of the just like watching people struggle against evil and eventually succumb movies, right, which right. is the blueprint of a lot of horror films these days. But this was this, this was good. It was well done. Same cats who wrote *The Fireplace* too. Yeah, look at you. 
Yeah, so, so true. Okay, look, I'm so excited. Okay, so now we're moving on to the second one. So what is number two on your list? So number two, Ed, I'm going to go Night of the Living Dead, the OG, 1968 version. Like I said, the, the... Birds was like the blueprint for the zombie film. Maybe you want to go back and check that out. And that movie really holds up really well. And it sets, again, sets the bar for like what zombie, I mean, there weren't like zombie movies before or, you know, it was more of like a voodoo type of thing. But like just the flesh eating, slow moving, unrelenting zombie that we all kind of got, kind of know well now, know well now set up in that movie and the racial aspect of that yes. movie. Now, I, you know, I've seen a lot of interviews with George Romero where he claims, you know, he just hired the best person for the job to, to, to play Ben. And, but, and it was like, it happened to be a black man. He wasn't trying to make a statement in 1968, but watch that movie. And you got like a black man going up against a whole bunch of white folks trying to be like the voice of reason. Yes. Um, and, and and the villain, if you don't count zombies, is this dude who's trying to get everybody down. Mr. Cooper, I think his name is, trying to get everybody down into the basement the whole time and doesn't want to help anybody else. And his brother is, like, always forward-looking. Yeah. And so he may have been trying to make a political statement at the time. He may have just been like, yes, you know, I'm sitting here in Pittsburgh, and this is the best person to show up. The best person I've seen on live theater here in Pittsburgh. But... Um, casting a black man in that role, it's like, you know, I'm, okay, again, I'm from a generation, every time somebody black showed up, they would, they would just fought you know, for, to show how this one contraption can kill other people that you kill, you know, care more about, you right. know, <clears throat> they all count on the brother to get got, and, or sister, and Metal Living Dead was like, kind of turned that on its ear, and so, you know, Ben, he was before Shaft, he's before Sweet Sweetback, he's before uh, Blade, he's before like, mm-hmm. like all these badass brothers who yeah. broke sad people's heads. Uh, I think even before In the Heat of the Night, I have to look that up though. Uh, but, and like I said, it's, it sets up every zombie movie going forward. And to me too, you know, as a person who's always been loving horror films, not of the Living Dead, because of, and I'm, going to give, I'm not going to give away the ending, but most people who are going to tune into the show are probably aware of it. It, you know, it sets up, in a way, uh, social commentary, you know, because what happens to Ben, those folks may or may not have made a mistake. You know what I mean? You know, they, 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 they you know, and even with George Romero's second film, Dawn of the Dead, when you have all this consumerism, you have people in a mall, on lockdown in the mall, and it's in the remake of it, too, has that same thing. They were hit it so hard. But those films allow you to be like a horror fan, and they got something to say about society. A lot of horror films do. But those, to me, were some of the early kind of like, had a lot to say about consumerism and race and, and in, in, in our society, because right. what people are arguing about inside that house, not just about just keeping zombies out, but, you know, it's about trust. It's, oh, man, really well put when it comes to this movie. And um, that's something that I was even thinking about, like with what happens to, you know, our leading man, because he is our leading man. Um, yeah. You think at first it, it may seem, oh, it was an accident, but come on, you know, and I, I, I love this movie because it does reveal like the ugliness of human nature, especially around, can't even say around that time because we're still seeing certain things these days. It holds up to this day. It does. Very yeah. powerful, powerful movie. Um, but I do have a question for you, mm-hmm. you know, regarding zombies. Um, are you a fan more of, because you did mention like the slow zombies in this one, are you a fan of like the slow zombies or the fast zombies? <laughs> now, when you say fast zombies, you mean more like the infected by rage zombies, like at 28 Days Later? Yes. Yes. Uh, I love I love all kinds of zombies. I gotta be honest with you. So yeah, I do love a fast moving zombie. 
uh, as well, the 28 Days Later Zombie, the, uh, the, the I Am Legend. Oh, the, man. The yes. That would count as a zombie as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for all of them, i got to be honest with you. Love it, love it. Same, yeah. same. I, I really love zombies. I know, like, with some people now, they're like, oh, there's too many zombie movies. There could never be enough zombie movies. Well, yeah, some of them are better than others, and some of them I just... I, I'll sleep on. But you know, one movie I haven't seen in a long time, we talking about Fast Movie Zombies, which is why I asked Return of the Living Dead, which is early, oh. like a horror comedy. Yes. Nope. Weren't those zombies running? They, they weren't. Even, they weren't even like infected by rage, real you know, people. Those zombies just broke out into a run. Yes. And I was like, that was scary. I right? Right? And that's the thing. We have it both ways. It's, it's like I love that movie so much. Like the theme song, like the storyline, the 80s characters. Like, of course, it's not like the original one. And even with what you said, it is a comedy horror. So, you know, there's going to be some funny things. But I remember when I watched it as a kid, that movie really scared me. Especially like, um, spoiler, you know, especially the scene where uh, when the ambulance arrived... And um, that one, after it finished eating another one, and it was like, it was kind of like a, I think it like lost its legs. And so the way it was like walking, listen, I would die. Like, I know it's like as many horror movies I watch, I would be one of those characters that would fall to the ground and just, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm done. That sets up, that's the first movie where it's out the the whole brain-eating zombie. Yes. Brain. Yeah. I'm so, glad that worked its way onto our mutual list. Right? Yes. It's it's, it's a great one. And something under- I think is um pretty exciting with another um one of your movies that you pick, the same writer actually wrote Return of the Living Dead. Um oh. it wrote this person he wrote another one of your movies, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, but, right, we'll we'll get to that. So what? uh the second one on my list, I'm going to go very traditional because whenever I think about Halloween, I think about this movie and it's Hocus Pocus from 1993. I was so obsessed with this movie like when I was a kid. I feel like it has everything and it made me want to move to Salem. Like, you know, I had a thing for witches um, when I was a kid. I still do, truth be told. So um, if you guys haven't seen this one, a teenage boy and his family, they moved to Salem and he's struggling to fit in. Um, I think he's from like California. And so, you know, he's moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's different, you know. So and then he's a teenager. He's in high school. So, you know, this he's going to have some struggling in that. So there is this town like kind of like saying or, or history that that took place in the 17th century about these three witches who are sisters and you know they call them evil i really don't think that they're they're that evil <laughs> you know i mean i know they wanted to like you know suck the lives out of all the children um but <laughs> but it was charming though right they were charming they they were fun and i like the different personalities but they are awakened and uh they have one night to you know try to just even just suck the life out of one kid for them to to be back but it is like a fun traditional halloween movie i know that they're constantly always playing i don't have cable anymore but i remember that they used to just play it non-stop all the time and i feel like this is a perfect movie for all ages that's a that's a good one i hadn't thought about this movie for a while i've never seen it when it came out and it was it was a really good time it was a really cool film. Very magical. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to watch. I did. I, there was a couple of movies on your list that I hadn't seen, so I watched them before coming on. And but that's a movie I have seen, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I want to check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those movies too that that I feel like um, people are coming back around to. So I think that that's that's great. You know, um, just because it is an older movie, and I know that there's been um, some talk now for a while. Um, about like a remake. Not too sure where that's at, but yeah, no. But it, it's something that you, it would be right for a remake, and it's yeah, it would be. Yeah, I I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to dust that one off. Watch that. Yeah. <laughs> New problem. All right, so we're gonna move on to number three. Number three on my list is 
another OG is uh, is Frankenstein, a 1933 Frankenstein, yes. where Boris Karloff isn't even doesn't even get screen credit. Mm. He's just like a monster. They're trying to make it. If they present that film like a lot of times, it gets it gets cut off. Or there's an intro where like this man comes out on on, on stage and it warns you how scary this movie gonna be. And I don't know why <laughs> he needs to, <laughs> but I guess in 1933 it was blowing people's minds. But I think that movie, the like James Wales' direction and Vera West gowns, no relation to me that I know of. Uh, it just, it's just like it's off the, it, it, it's off the hook, and it really, really holds up. Um, another reason I actually put it on a selfish reason I put this on my list is I wanted to ask you and the people who are listening if you want to hit me up either on Twitter or, or on Instagram. I'm of the generation where like Universal Horror was like the gateway. The scary movies. Yes. It's like that was the movies I started watching first, and and that's how that got me into monster movies, scary stuff. So I'm like, you know, when, when you know my kid got old enough to start exposing exposing them to, to horror films and stuff, I was like, we got to start with these Universal horror films. <laughs> and they were like, ah. I got it. He dug Frankenstein because we were gonna see a big screening of Young Frankenstein, and I was like, these look that's a parody. So. You know, you need to actually see the OG. Actually, you should have seen Pride of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein, too. Yes. It, it has both of the, all three films. But anyway, he dug, he dug Frankenstein. And he dug Creature from the Black Lagoon, too. So he's seen a few of them. But I just love those things. I, I love them so much. And this movie in particular, I just think really, really holds up. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the cinematography. And yeah. It's still one of my favorite. It's like comfort food for me. I know? love that. Yeah, monster movie comfort food. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I love that your son enjoyed the enjoyed the movie. He did. He dug it. He dug it. He was wondering because, you know, when you have kids, like, especially when it comes to horror and things that might upset them, you know, you gotta let it be their idea to some degree. So there's the one thing you don't want to scare them too much. And they'd be like, oh, damn, daddy, you traumatize me. <laughs> and then the other thing is, you don't want to show them something whack. Right. And they're like, and, and you lose credibility. You're like, yeah, well, you wanted to see something. something <laughs> That's and, true. Oh, my gosh. I, I, well, I'll bring it down, but I I made the mistake, this is off the subject of horror films, of like showing him like the Richard Donner cut of Superman too, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Richard Lester cut, which is what we all saw. When it came out, and I just was like, "Oh, it's, it's a director's cut." Let me go check. Let me. It cuts out a lot of stuff that you and I, most people, think of being really cool. And he kind of stole the end of Superman two, Superman two for Superman one, where he mm-hmm. goes around and stop makes the world makes time time slow down again. So he does it again. If you watch this version of it, and my kid was a slight. This movie is wow. It, no. it, it, he was just like so. He loved Superman, but he was like, I was like, this is the wrong version, man. And he was like, Nah, ain't no right version. Oh no! And then he also completely rejected the whole idea that Superman had to give up his powers to be with Lois. But he was just kind of like, Nah, <laughs> man. He can open the door without pulling it off the hinge, right? He can just hug her without squeeze. Now I don't buy. I don't buy that. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, and he's also a person who lives in a world where everybody got a cell phone. and TV. So the fact that he was, like, hanging out with his lady on a honeymoon and not, not answering phones, not hearing anything, not, you know, not... Right. Not, and just sleeping on all this destruction. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I'm, I digress. But that's one. If I bring up something that he ain't really super happy about, he was like, we have a Superman too, though, Daddy. You know, um, Oh no! Just me for you, for like four years. So I gotta be, I gotta be careful about the stuff that I insist on. Okay. No, you know what that that makes a that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was trying to show you know some of my nephew and nieces some older movies that I liked, you know, mm-hmm. and of course you know obviously they're they're dated, things are different, but I do find when it comes to like black and white movies, forget it. Like they're just they Woo. don't want to do it, you know. Um, unless it's a cartoon, you know, (laughs) so, so, so they'll do that. So I, my luck has been okay. And I know we kind of, um, DM'd about this when we were talking on Twitter, 
Um, mm. My luck has been okay with like older Disney movies, older Nickelodeon movies. Um, yeah. But like, mo- unfortunately, with the monster movies. So, you know, which I'm really surprised. Like, I know like um, they are making remaking some monster movies now. And I know, like, there are a lot of people who are just against, you know, remakes. But I feel like remakes are great for the newer crowd. It kind of gets them back in. So, I mean, I'm all for it if it creates new fans. I'm all for it if it creates new fans. And the thing about a remake, don't take anything away from the original movie. Absolutely. And it may make some people who like the remake go back and look at, you know. Right. Came from. So, Yeah. I don't. I don't have a real problem with remakes myself. Um, some of them I see, some of them I don't. Right. You know. Right. And yeah, I don't have a blanket. Oh hell no, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and see, and that's that's the thing. I love that you said that. Where it's just like some you see, some you don't. Like people think that it's like mandatory or something. Like you don't have to see it. So yeah, you don't have to see it. I know um, one of my friends, he is a huge fan of um, Dario Argento's Suspiria. So when they announced that remake, he was losing his mind, like, that he's never going to see it. And it's just like, okay, I didn't ask you if you were going to see it. I just asked you, what do you think, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, um, but eventually he, he did see it, but because... And it's fine if you don't like it. He didn't like it, but he did have his reasons as to why he didn't like it. But I do mm-hmm. come across people where it's just like before they even see the movie, they don't like it. You know? Yeah. It's funny. I um I like this very quite a bit. And it's fun, you know, working on Frozen is just not talked about too much. But there we watched that just for some cin- for cinematography reasons when we, we were like starting the first Frozen. And people were like, You watch the spirit for Frozen? And I was so like cool. there's even some visual cues. There's even like with that that are like straight up from Spirit. Wow. Oh my God. You're giving me gems. I didn't know. <laughs> Everybody needs to know this. Okay. Well, they'll no, know no now. You know, it's not something like we talk about all the time, but you know, we look at a lot of things and, uh, you know, when the, the, the lighting in, in, you know, in her palace, when she starts losing it, when she's kind of when she's starting to get those spikes growing and stuff. Yes. Straight up, straight up from you. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, now I'm so excited. Okay, let's talk about Frozen real quick. What's your favorite song from Frozen? Oh. You were old. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I hate to say it, I don't be, I'm a big fan of Let It Go because just because we worked so hard on that and um and it was such a it, it was such a collaboration between character animation and effects. And layout because very often in an animated film, we were like like one of the last departments. So it's kind of like we've done everything, put some effects on that. You know, is usually often the case. And with that scene in Frozen, it was like back and forth. We were like given layout department effects elements that they could actually use, and and because that palace builds around there, we actually had to build that palace for her to dance and walk on. And, you know, and she makes her own cave and all all those kind of things, you know. Um, so the, the, the collaboration between effects and character animation and layout and lighting, I mean, it was, there was like, I think, what, 12 people who worked on that for like six months off and on? Wow. Let it go sequence. So, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a soft spot in my heart. That is so magical. Like, yeah. I don't know another, I know it fits with Disney, but it is. That's so cool. I love that. Cool. Okay. All right. But, you know, back to the, to the horror. Um, <laughs> Superman and Frozen in there. So. <laughs> right? So, um, third on my list, I'm going to go with one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm always talking about this movie because it's my favorite and I love it so much. And it's Kevin Tenney's Night of the Demons from 1988. I think uh, this is probably one of the first horror movies I remember watching as a kid. Um, It eases 80s horror, this cheese. Um, For those of you who don't know, it's about these teenagers who decide to throw a party at an abandoned like funeral parlor 
on Halloween night. And then somehow, because they decide to play a game, which is like, don't play those games on Halloween. They don't. Just don't, you know? Don't. <laughs> they awaken like this demon, like these de- de- demonic spirits. And um, yeah, it, it literally turns into the, like living hell. You know, that's, that's just the best way to put it. Um, but seriously, though, I feel like the, the movie goes so deep. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. I just feel like it's, again, perfect for the Halloween season. And, you know, one of the things I remember, like, really loving, because, again, honestly, I think I was probably, like, three, four, wow. right, when I watched it. Um wow. Yes, thank, thanks to my mom. She's a huge horror fan. So um, I, it's it's great. Like, whatever she watched, I watched. It just, and don't get me wrong, there were some things I probably should have never watched as a kid. <laughs> but honestly, I think I turned out fine. Okay. What's that? So you seem to have turned out okay. Thank you. You know, I, I feel that way. So, um, but yeah, it's... Uh, one of those movies that really stuck with me, but especially as a kid, you know, there is an animated opening, like the intro. It's very spooky, very Halloween. There's skeletons yeah. floating in the air. Because that was one that, like, I, I, yeah, I haven't seen in a long, long time. So I'm going to yeah. It's, I feel like if you are the type of person that you don't mind 80s movies, you don't mind, um, you know, movie that's dated, because it is dated, um, and it's it's silly. It's silly fun. I would not call it scary, especially because you watch you watch movies, you watch horror movies. Um, but it's just more fun. So I like a fun eighties movie. There you go. Like my kid, my kid has a real love of like eighties music and stuff. So yeah, I kind of get some like eighties stuff by, by that. Oh by that my song. gosh! Then the music in this one is a must. Like so I, I, I'm gonna put that on my list. Yes. Go, go back and check out. And keep me updated when you check it out. You know, if you do have your son watch it with you, I'm just interested in, in your thoughts on it again and his thoughts on it again. You yeah, I'll hit you up because, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I didn't go back and watch that one because I'd seen it. But, yeah, you, you've, uh, you've inspired me in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we can move on to number four. So this was the one I was saying that uh, Dan O'Brien, uh, the writer, Dan, he wrote. Yeah. Well, both films, you know, again, Alien is one of those movies that is like, you know, it's Ridley Scott's first, oh, second film, honestly. And it's one of those, it's one of these first studio films that I'm aware of that had like, like really shocking bit of violence, like chest bursting scene. Mm-hmm. I remember going to see Alien opening night in 1979, I think when it came out, one of the few, you know, one of the early films I drove myself to. And... Man, when that chest ripper comes out, mm. I third of the theater got up and went. Like they were just like, I didn't sign up for this. Whoa! They were just like, nah, nah. <laughs> and it was that, that was a trip because I had never seen. I mean, I'd seen a lot of gore and violence and stuff like that, but I never seen like something like that in film. They had like somebody like Yapakoto and it, you know. And John Hurt at the time, mm-hmm. you know, those cats were probably the most famous people in there at the time. And again, just like we talked about with Ben and in, in, in Night of the Living Dead, you know, Ripley was a character who was like written as a guy, mm-hmm. you know, casted Sigourney Weaver in it, and it didn't really change anything about that character other than maybe, you know, having to walk around in her drawers, you know, um, that. To make it really like her a woman in the second film, she was a mom and all that stuff. But like, and so that's another thing that gets kind of like turned the genre on its you know on its ear a little bit. You know, putting the lady up front because you know Dallas is the is the captain, mm-hmm. and most like that up until that point is like the captain would have been saving the day and everything. You know, right? And when he gets got, you're like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, what? What what now? And you know, so like I love a film that throws, you know, things that turns things on its ear, you know, because that was a movie with some really high production value and a exceedingly strong cast, and it has that thing, you know, 
this, I guess it's kind of established in Star Wars with the like the ra- raggedy science fiction. You know, you've got these people on a, on a spaceship with dark corners and dripping, you know, fuses breaking and stuff like that. And and these people are like working stiffs too. Yeah. I mean, you got some people, the scientists, and you got some folks that are just like they just want to get paid. Mm-hmm. And that and that's another thing that I thought about that film is really beautiful. That it's just like it's real. You know, yeah. they're not they're not on the on, on the bridge of starship, you know, try, trying to make contact with all these different civilizations and stuff like that. It's not mm-hmm. a big war going on. It's like straight up working people out trying to get a job done, trying to get home, right. you know, and get and getting got by their by the companies because while there's a monster running around, the real villain is off screen, mm-hmm. you know. So and- I, I, I love that movie. It holds up well. It does. It really does. I recently rewatched it because it's it's been a while. And <clears throat> I do feel like it's very timeless, you know, because it's like, look at, you know, what's going on with the technology that we have today, but it still works. It's like, it's still, I feel like one of those very special movies that just aged really well. And yeah, and it's like, I remember when I did rewatch it, I really loved like the beginning because it's kind of like unnerving and it, obviously throughout the whole movie, that's how it is. But I love the fact that when we are introduced to the crew, they're not friendly to each other, you no. know? So it's it's real though, you know? It's just because sometimes, you know, especially with them, like they're on a ship and they're close to like be being next to each other, have to do this. Sometimes just personalities clash. It's not all sunshine and roses. So that's something that I really dug about it, like the real you aspect. You can see the classism in that crew, like right off the bat. Who's a scientist? Who's an officer? Who's like an engineer? You know, working stiff versus somebody. You know, right? Um, yeah, I, that it, it really holds up. Um, and like I said, it was one of the first times I seen a horror film that had. Again, so much to say about class, and not overtly race, but any, you know, anytime you actually put somebody mm-hmm. black in a role and give them something to do, it becomes about race, you know. Right. I mean, you, you know, you you make a male character or a gender neutral character a woman, it becomes about gender too, you know, because it's like Ripley constantly being undermined from the jump. Yeah, well, don't let them in here with that, right? You know, so <laughs> come on in, you know. And yeah, you know, I, I can imagine women looking at that movie, looking at that film, women and girls like, yeah, <laughs> keep trying to tell y'all. Right. You know, she's so. just a, a very strong woman. And I love the fact that, you know, this movie I feel is kind of about like survival of the fittest. And mm-hmm. here you have a woman like taking charge and, yeah. You know, we're not all just damsels in distress. We're not all victims. So even though it's, I mean, who wouldn't be afraid of an alien, you know? Yeah. But so again, it's it's just, it's real. I, I love when like the true battle, like with the true terror actually happens. You see who actually survives and who actually doesn't. So it's, you know, as simple as that. See, I'm already just starting to feel like I, before we started recording, I was saying to you that I feel like your list is better than mine. So, well, like I said, you you made a list of, of of like very seasonal films. These are some of my all time favorites. Okay. So I, yeah, I was just like, I don't know, I'm going to be able to talk about these films again. So I'm going no, to be- but it's like that you, but it still works because it is still perfect for like you know the the spooky season. So yeah, but okay. Um, my next one is uh the Sentinel from 1977. Yeah. So uh. This was another one I was kind of late to watching. I think I watched this when I was in middle school, which was not a good idea to watch in middle school. <laughs> but um, it's basically about this young woman. She's a She works as a model, and she moves to this apartment building. And honestly, it's a really nice apartment. Like, it's really nice. It comes furnished. The neighbors seem a little bit wacky, but who cares? You know, you don't really have to interact with them like that. And, yeah, um, the building has like a very sinister tone to it. There's some stuff like you ever watch a movie that just makes you feel so uncomfortable. 
And uh, this one did it for me. And I remember... I, I like the Sentinel a lot. I haven't, it's another one I haven't seen in a minute, but it, it is very effective at what it's trying to do. Yes. And it's from that era of like, of like the devil being around, like hell being really, really you know, real. Yes. All these films that came from like the wake of the exorcist, the omen, sentinels up there too. And, you know, then it's got a little bit of that Rosemary's Baby. Yes, yes. Where it's just like this whole building is kind of whack. And yeah, that whole idea of like this gateway to hell, you know, is... And see, yeah. we all have those things in horror that we, that really keep gets us a little bit uncomfortable, That that gets us... You know, that it's an unnerving feeling. So when it comes to, like, the devil with religion, I can't handle that. Like, it's more, this is more of, like, a psychological horror in a way. Even though we're seeing things, they're not really depending on blood or, like, hardcore CGI. Um, yeah. It's truly, uh, like, honestly, one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Especially because... I was really young when I watched this movie and I remember I showed it to a friend um, because I don't have a lot of friends that are really into horror like that. I'll have like a select few. Mm -hmm. Showed it to one of my friends. She doesn't like horror. She She's afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we watched it, when we were like younger, she really liked it. So yeah. it's just kind of like, it just shows me, because I know sometimes, and I'm sure you do as well, you come across people who say, well, I don't really like horror movies. You know, that's not true. You just haven't found the right one for you. You haven't found your jam. When right. people say that about cheese or jazz or any, anything that's just like way too rich, way too many different kinds of varieties of it, you just haven't found what you, what you like. Yeah, right. you may not like big band, but you may like bebop or you might, you know, you might like combination of jazz and hip-hop put together yes. you know but yeah when somebody tells me they don't like horror films i i tend to like probe him I was like what don't you like you don't like violence you don't mm -hmm. like jump scares you don't like my you know because there, yeah there's a there's a horror film for everybody there you go see yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's the truth and just again yeah. i i feel like this is one of those movies um that i think it's a must-see especially if you like horror movies and i'll yeah. see well, on your list, I was like, man, I hadn't thought about this in a long time. And yeah, that's a good one. I like that movie a lot. Good. I'm glad. All right. So we are, are we on number five? Yep. We're on five. And we, even and we managed to talk about two other movies, too. It's not even on each right? other's list. Oh, my uh, gosh. So my my number five, going back again, old school, is, is the original King Kong, 33. Um... And it's got, and it, 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 it's another one of these movies that's probably why I'm doing what I do, you know. So it's a very, it's a very personal film for me because I, um, I love monster movies growing up, and there's another one of these movies that come on once a year, you know. And and you just have to be had to had your booty in the seat to watch King Kong, and it it's one of the big first big effects movies where a monster is the main character. And it's it's like stop motion animation. You go to this island, and it's it, it's wild, you know. And in the very first time I saw an animator, it wasn't one of the one of the nine old man Disney animators. It was Willis O'Brien animating King Kong, and actually, it was actually probably him in 1928 animating like in, on the Lost World, but. Knowing he did King Kong, knowing the King Kong was like 18 inches, I can't be using my hands on it we looking at each other, but 18 inches tall. Right. A, a, toy, a doll. I got to say, to my second grade mind, when I saw a picture of him animating, I was like, that looks like a job where a grown man could take his toys to work with him. I need <laughs> a job like that, you know? And, but the movie holds up. I, I, I showed it to Tim. He likes it like early on. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's, it's like less than 90 minutes long, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it moves and, um, it's really cool. It's got some great set pieces still. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's stop motion. So it's not CG. The characters don't have motion blurs that so you can tell you are watching moving figures, you know, especially if you've grown up watching, you know, computer generated things. Um, and there's, 
Here's the funny thing about King Kong too. There's a generation of people that like watched it on TV all the time. And and he's like an endearing character. He's like misunderstood, mm-hmm. took ripped from his island, brought to New York, shooting been shot at, you know, just leave his brother alone and he would have been fine. <laughs> and but there's a bunch of stuff that if you get it on DVD now, it's probably been restored, but they cut out of television the way I went up looking at it. And they re-released it like when out in like 1980 or something, 79 or 80, in theaters back, it was restored. But what they restored was a bunch of stuff, scenes of like King Kong, like putting people in his mouth and like gnawing on them and or, or stomping them. And I was like, damn, see, damn. Kind of ghetto. And the way, and, and I equal opportunity too. Like when he's on the island, he does some black folks like that. When he's in New York, he takes a guy out of, out of the subway, white dude, puts him in his mouth too. And I was like, damn, he's like gnawing on people. Because that's the only, the only reason I thought about it is almost all of it is the 18 inch King, King Kong, mm-hmm. all the effects. But there are these big full size hands and full size head that there's like shots of. Him with people in his mouth. Anyway, I think he's probably not so endearing. If you see him, like you know, see that version, you'd be like, "Damn, King Kong's kind of kind of thugged out." But or I, I grew up with a person who like generation who grew up edited for television where all that stuff is kind of cut. All he's doing is fighting dinosaurs and getting you know, fighting people in bike lanes and stuff. But anyway, I highly recommend the hero. Yes. Yeah, let me know you hadn't seen it yet. Yes, you did. Okay, so we were talking before we recorded, and I told you that I've never seen it before. I don't know why. I just I've never watched it before, and even the the recent uh, well, the remake, never watched that yeah. one. Peter Jackson one, yes. So I did watch it on Amazon Prime, and I'm happy to report I will watch it again because <laughs> I feel like it's even though you know this movie's like what 87 years old. It still mm-hmm. hits. It still has a solid storyline. And honestly, it's like he wasn't, I like the fact that he wasn't the only beast in the movie. There's like other ones that's going on. So it's just like that was surprising. I thought it was just, not that it's a bad thing. I thought it was just about him like destroying buildings and <laughs> hear me roar kind of thing. But you know, no, I, I feel like it is entertainment. So from the start to the finish. And I think the reason why I feel like I will watch it again is because you can easily miss things. I've only watched it once, so mm-hmm. I know that there's things that I've missed. You know? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is one of the first big effects films that, that, that is, like, really audacious with, like, completely animated characters, like, mm-hmm. similar, like the, the title characters, like an animated figure, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's pretty cool. And there... Now... Some people might react to me differently. You can, you can hit me up on social medias too. <laughs> but I gotta say, when you get around to seeing that, if you do, it's like three times longer too. But I feel like the Peter Jackson one is like more racist than the, the, the 1933 version. Noble Johnson who plays the chief. That brother's got like fifth billing on screen because Whoa. he's a character. You know, he's got a culture that he is trying to protect. My mm-hmm. like, with him that he's doing, but, like, he's got a presence. The people on Skull Island in the third, in, in Peter Jackson version are, 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 like, one step above, like, trolls. Whoa. And I was sitting there watching that, and I was like, damn, and I love Peter Jackson, I lo- and I like that movie, too, but mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this, a blip, this movie manages to be more racist than the 1933 version. That's crazy. <laughs> At least, you ask me. If you ask me. Okay. You're my spirit. But I was just like, yeah. All right, no. So now I have to watch that one. I need yeah. to be able to compare. But I, I definitely, seriously, again, like, I regret not watching this movie sooner. Because <laughs> it is, it's it's a classic. And, you know, I, I remember hearing about people, um, like, I know some people who, like, really, really love this movie. And they're saying how they used to watch it all the time when they were kids. So it's mm-hmm. like, man, I, I know for a fact if I did watch it, when I was a kid, I know I would have really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, you know, that's that, that's my fault, but I'm just happy that. So, thank you it's for encouraging me. Enjoy it. It's not too late, you young dragon. Right. all kinds of viewings. Oh, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> but no, thank you for the recommendation. Like, seriously. Well, my pleasure. 
Okay, so number five on my list, and I always get a lot of pushback for this one. Um, I'm going to be talking about Pet Cemetery 2 from 1992. It's not because I don't like the first one. I love the first one. And I don't feel like the sequel, they're able to capture like that emotional punch, like what they yeah. did uh, with the first one. But there's still um, a different aspect of families lost, you know? So... Um, this one is about a young boy who moves back or he moves to his mom's old hometown after she's electrocuted on set and she dies. And it's tragic and it's hurtful, you know, because he's, you know, had to live with his dad. And he was like, he was a mama's boy. He loved his mm -hmm. mom. He was all about his mom. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, but then when he resurrects her, regrettably, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's the saying, the tagline on this movie is dead is better. So yeah, it, it's true. So this is directed by Mary Lambert and she did direct the first one. And honestly, it's just, it's really just a, one of those movies that I really, really love. I love the dynamics of it. I love the music. I feel for that character, you mm -hmm. know, um, losing someone super close to you like that. And then it's just like now we've all most of us experience grief or we will one day so the fact that he's so young and he's experiencing this and this is a horror movie that they're putting that emotion in that you know that the fact that he has to try to move on in life or just go on like nothing happened but this time his mother with someone like him his mother was an actress so everybody knows what happened to her everybody knows that she's dead and she's no longer here and he's just supposed to move on in life you know and um you know obviously the father he's doing the best that he, he he could at the time you know and then again like the the music in it just perfectly but again it's just seriously perfect for the halloween season and it's a must watch if you have I like, I like that film i would you know i didn't see that one so i watched it in preparation for talking talking to you too about it oh yeah and i do like it a lot and i'm you know I love both my parents, but I'm I'm a mama's boy too, you know. So I'm like an unapologetic mama's boy. So I kind of related to this character, and I gotta say, I really like Clancy Brown in it. Clancy Brown is like gives Ooh. a really really cool performance. Yes, he does. Yeah, and a lot. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. He freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. Like he was just just ugh, gross. A, he, I love him as an actor, and. Maybe it's just because he he seems like a big guy, but like he carries a certain amount of like weight and menace and like kind of everything he does, even in like trauma scenes and like movies, like some of like Buckaroo Banzai. He just seems like somebody you don't want to mess with. Like yeah. I don't think if I ever met like ninety year old Clancy Brown, I'd be watching my mouth because he looked like he'd be <laughs> messing with. Period. I agree. I agree with you. He was very intimidating in this movie. So. Oh, particularly in this movie, but yeah. Okay. So a question for you, because you did have an extra one on your list. Did you want to give us a bonus? Just because I'm greedy. Just because I'm greedy. <laughs> and this is another one that's just kind of personal. But I mean, a lot of people love this because it won Best Picture. But Shape of Water is a film that I really like a lot. Um, and, you know, Guillermo del Toro, you know, one thing that's been a theme this whole conversation is, is being like a, a shameless or like lover of horror. And this is a movie that just between you know, two talking to two people who love horror movies. This is a movie that's like old face monster film, but is it one best picture and, and, and deservedly too. It is a, a real like tribute. To, to monsters and, and thinking outside the box and, and, and being in friendship. That's another thing, too, because, mm -hmm. like, her, her neighbor and friend, Ricky Jenkins, does so much for her in this film. Yeah. And I, 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 I love this movie. You know, it's, it's a great film. And, it, you know, I, one of the reasons, one of the universal horror films I made my son watch again, you know, in preparation, because I was like, Man, you gotta watch you gotta watch Creature from the Black Lagoon because this movie is basically on the creature side. Yes. You know, that's that scene where he, he's swimming under under her underwater in Creature from the Black Lagoon. 
she's like swimming on the surface and he's underneath her, but his body's he's swimming on his back, so he's facing her. Guillermo del Toro saw that when he was like eight years old. I was all like, man, that's the most romantic thing I've ever seen. And like the, 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 I, the idea of this movie, you know, he supposedly did like he did a drawing of of like of like the creature from the Black Lagoon, and I forget the, the character's name, but Julie Adams, the actress who played her, uh, right. Riding on the cumbent bike together, you know, bicycle yeah. meant for two eating ice cream. And for that to stick in his head and, and, and make this movie this beautiful testament to monster movies, um, I, I just love it. So it's a vindicating monster film. It, it really is. I, I feel like this is like visually one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Like the visual effects are just amazing. And yeah. even with the acting, like just top notch like you just want to know more about that world and that's something yeah. i really appreciate about that like about about the movie and everything like i remember when it came out everybody was talking about it and saying how great it was i didn't go to theaters to see it not too sure why um but i did um pick up like the blu-ray because i like to also mm-hmm. collect movies and i'm just happy that it is a part of my collection i'm thrilled that you have a collection you know so many folks are just streaming Owning it, You're right? And yes, yes. I, I, I love l- looking at all that, all the DVDs, right? Blu-rays behind you, so it it makes me feel good, you know. Like I've been growing the collection for a while, and you know, I, I feel like I'm always talking about my mother, but she, her collection is seriously out of this world. It could like, you can't see this entire room, but she'll need more room, you know, other than this actual room. So it's like. And I love I'm it. I'm going to pass it all to you. Right? And, and it's like, you know, I, I love physically owning these um, copies or like these actual Blu-rays or DVDs because you never know. What if something happens to streaming? Remember there was something going on, I think. Um, this oh, was for a minute. It, uh, th- there's nothing that I feel like I own that is digital. Right? I'm sorry. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I, I, I remember... Um, maybe a couple of months ago, there was something going on with Netflix where it was down or something and people were losing their minds. And it's just like, you know, I don't know that life because I feel feel like I'll always have something to watch, you know? And surprisingly, there's even like, because I recently picked up some new movies from like Amazon. So I have like a few that I haven't even seen yet. So sometimes it's like, I'll buy like my favorite movies, but I also like the blind buys. So the shape of water was definitely a blind buy and worth it. So yeah, I love that film. It's yeah, nice. I, I love having the physical media. I still I, I still buy Blu-rays. I still I got all my you know, all, all my DVDs. I still have vinyl. Whoa, I got, I got, that's I got so records. cool. I got records. That's so. cool. I've been yeah. trying to um co- like collect some. I recently picked up because um, I'm in Tampa. So they have this, uh, this an actual video store, physical video store, that's a horror store. So if you ever come to Tampa, it's a must-go grindhouse video store. And in the store, like the owner, he has like DVDs, VHSs, but he also has like vinyls. And it was just like, I really want to get in. Co- yeah, it's like, I really want to get into collecting those. Like I have the soundtrack. Um <laughs> I have the soundtrack to, um, what's the name of that movie? Dang it. Uh, it's one of my husband's favorite movies. Oh my God. He's going to kill me. <laughs> Let me just Google. And I know like, okay, it just came up. Die Hard. How could I forget? Oh, okay. He loves that movie. And so like, um, I purchased him like the, the vinyl for it, like the soundtrack, which was really cool, you know, but, um, we don't have anything to listen to it on. Okay. We don't have to- <laughs> I forgot about that part, you know? So it's the thought that counts. You can still treasure it. Exactly. But you know, those record players, like those old school 60s record players, where it's, where it's just a self-contained unit, you know, where you don't have, you can just put it on. It's got a speaker in the front. So, yeah. Ah. You can just spray it up. Okay. Yeah. A lot of them have USB, so you can like... Oh, my you know, God. What? Own up to them, too. Yeah. Yeah. I got the record players. I, I bought one for my... Uh, my sweetheart's daughter. Whoa. You know, she was vinyl phase for a while. So she, yeah. That's so Say awesome. It. Okay, I'm going to look on Amazon. I can't keep away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Get you a record player. You, you need it. It's a classic. But thank yep. you 
again for such a delight to meet you in person right it was nice really 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 nice meeting you as well you have awesome taste and i'm I'm really happy that we connected just just to be able to talk about just like the the spooky type of movies and such a wonderful wonderful experience and yes I'll, I'll, i'll i'll see you on the twitters absolutely so we'll just uh segment out real quick so all right thank you guys so much for joining us um again you can follow marlon on his social media his Twitter handle is Marlon W and on Instagram is STL Marlon West. And then you guys can follow me on social media on Twitter. It's lovely Zena. Then on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. That's about it. I had to think about that. It's just real queen of horror. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and just be sure to share with us some of your favorite spooky movies of the season. In darkness you will find me. I dance among the dead. But very soon I'll need to hunt the center blood.